simply discussing movie podcast every week we discuss a movie and then one of our podcasters suggests the next movie for us to discuss all the movies are available for major streaming services so that you can participate with us i'm your host dale maxfield i'm joined by alicia walker hello josh dean hello nathan mckinney hello and zach roland hey and today we are discussing alicia's suggestion never say never again the non-canon 1983 james bond film with the return of sean connery um but first we're going to talk about what we've been watching lately zach what have you been watching lately uh yeah i've actually uh got some things here that i've uh partaken in uh recently i was watching um some of the uh second season of eli roth's history of horror on amc um last year he came out with like a six uh, episode um little mini series and then they would talk about uh horror films um and like you know their significance and culture and whatnot um usually with a theme of like zombies or ghosts or whatever um, so he did six more this season and I've watched five of the six. I think the sixth one comes out this Saturday, um, but I enjoy them. I will say my only gripe with them is that they pretty much tell you the entire story of the movie and then the ending. So yeah, it's like, if you want to watch it, don't watch these because then you end up knowing all about it. Mm. So this actually happened because I wanted to watch the witch from 2015. It's a recommendation that I think Dale and some other people gave me a long time ago. So I went ahead and watched it. I turned off the, uh, the history of horror so I could watch the witch. Um, I watched that on, um, uh, I think I watched it on canopy. Um, cause they had taken it off of a bunch of other streaming services recently. Yeah. Like it was on Netflix for a long time. They just took it off. Um, what did you think of the witch? The witch, yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it. I liked uh, I liked that it was kind of like a subtle horror, um, and uh, definitely that portrayal of that time period was really good. Um, and I thought the acting was really great. And then, of course, I watched the like what they talked about afterwards with the uh, history of horror and like how they used all natural lighting and like, you know, the budget was pretty low on that. They took actually like excerpts from like the Salem witch trials for like the language. Yeah. Um, and I really, uh, I really, I don't know. There's just a lot about it that I really enjoyed. Um, that subtlety, that like eerie slow, like I don't really like a lot of slow burns, but I do like a good slow burn in horror. I will say that's probably my one genre that I'm allowed to like, just let myself be like, this is going to take a while. I'm okay with that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, like a lot of good yeah, stuff. Building so tension I, is good in a horror movie. If, if you're constantly yeah. building and, and releasing tension, your horror movie is not not doing so great. Yeah, just like it's like a, you know, with like a Jason movie or something. It's like you're constantly killing people or a Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, like I get that. And actually, I don't really care for like the more gorier side of horror. I like this side of horror, that tension, suspense, yeah, kind of stuff. But so, you're right, Zach. Um, that movie um, to me, I thought one of the one of the biggest, if not the biggest and best part of it, was that it felt like if somehow if if it was somehow possible to have cameras in that time period that's mm -hmm. what it would look like you know the way yeah. they use natural light the way that everybody speaks like you know it's it's very uh very evocative of the period um similar to like the way the lighthouse played with like using that weird aspect ratio and shooting everything in black and white and um, that sort of thing. But, yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, I really loved that. The, the goat, like the twins and the goat and like the way they portrayed the witches and black Phillip, uh, oh, black Phillip is great. <laughs> I stole the show. Um, and then the ending was like, Oh, that's so good. I love that. Like they kind of went to that, that supernaturalness with it, you know, and, um, didn't give you too much, but just gave you enough. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. That's about it though. Kind of my other standards that I've been watching, you know, same old, same old, but those were ones I wanted to talk about. Josh, how about you? Uh, let's see. I finished the newest season of Archer, um, which I had almost forgotten was, gonna be on um and enjoyed that uh it's pretty reliable you know if you know what you're getting when you're getting archer so nothing too shocking there um 
I did watch the trial of the Chicago seven on Netflix. Um, and, uh, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Of course, I'm an Aaron Sorkin fan. So your tolerance for Aaron Sorkin is going to kind of determine how much you enjoy, uh, that movie. Um, but I decided I'm going to watch one Sasha Baron Cohen movie this month. It's going to be <laughs> Trial of the Chicago 7. But, uh, yeah. He does a great job, though. Um, Eddie Redmayne does a great job. Um, and, uh, oh, man, Frank Langella, uh, Skeletor himself, uh, turns yeah. in a really good performance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I'd recommend it, um, especially if you want to know about that period in history. Which I, you know, I knew about the riots around the Democratic National Convention, but I didn't know like the story story of it. So it was very fascinating to me. Nathan, how about you? Well, I took a trip down memory lane and rewatched uh, the first season of The Mandalorian, uh, which I really enjoyed. A second run on that, uh, it's pretty phenomenal. Even second time through. Uh, I think my favorite episode of the first season was the uh, the raid where they're where they're going in and getting the prisoner prisoner. That's such a well constructed episode. I was I was even though I knew exactly what was going to happen, I was still on the edge of my seat on that. And so, of course, we're now digging into the first couple of episodes of the new season, and it's it's good. It's really good. Like I think they have matched the first season pretty well, and uh, maybe stepped it up a notch. Uh, and then the other thing, I mean, honestly, TV has been kind of what I've been doing last week or so, uh, aside from our title movie here. Um, but the other thing I did watch a little bit is I'm excited to see that Netflix finally dropped um, the last season of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is something that I've pretty much been uh, uh, waiting to see since it uh, launched, but I missed the window to see the first episode on Hulu. So uh, kind of excited. It's pretty fun. <laughs> you you got to see the whole season. I've seen the whole season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm enjoying like the last season was probably the roughest for me. At least the second half of the last season because I yeah. honestly I, I had to rewatch the last four or five episodes because I completely forgot what even happened. It just wasn't that significant to me. Exactly. But it, yeah. but it seems like and if I had a complaint about this series, it's that it takes things to the limit on the characters to the point where it's happening so often where you start to lose this uh, urgency about whether skip and skip fits and uh, <laughs> you know, or what, what's your bucket are going to get back together. Simmons <laughs> Fitzsimmons are going to get back together again or not. And because they keep getting separated at the end of every season and like, Oh, this is going to be terrible. Uh, okay. About six times after it's kind of over that, but I do look, I do think that what they're doing this last season by jumping around in different times, um, which I didn't realize they weren't going to jump around just in the one time. I thought that was it. Mm. Then they jumped to the 50s. So I'm assuming they'll carry that little theme through the rest of the season. But right. um, I think it's at least fun. I mean, at the very least, the, the screen writing of that show has always been really good. That's why you watch it, honestly, aside from the cast. And uh, I like it. Cool. Yeah, I I don't think I've mentioned this before. Um, and I know that I'm I'm in the vast minority of it, but The Mandalorian doesn't do it for me. Um, <laughs> I I think I made it through three episodes, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe like those three episodes are very um, sort of expository or or introducing the characters and all of that. It's a very well made show. Um, and I enjoyed the stories for what they were, but I felt like it was not nearly as exciting or interesting as, um, either the hype or what I was looking for at that particular time. And I just sort of stopped. Um, but that was like in the middle of season one that I did that. So, um, it's very much a cross between the man with no name and star Wars. And if you're not down for that, like I, even this last seat, the, the two episodes that have dropped on this last season, there's one, an episode in particular, that's like, I half expected him to go get a big iron oven lid and put it underneath his uh, thing at some point. Cause it was pretty <laughs> much the same plot to a degree. So, um, well, Nathan, when you said uh, man with no name in star Wars, I was thinking man with no name and adventures in babysitting. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> like it's he's like he's on that like not to, this doesn't really spoil too much I think but like you know we, everyone knows that the child is still alive and yeah like he's like it's babysitter. <laughs> well, definitely don't fuck with the babysitter. That's for no, sure. no. <laughs> One man and a little Yoda. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I have not seen a lot this week. Um, I'm still uh, burning my way through script writing, which is taking up most of my time. Um, I did have a bunch of uh, free time with my kids uh, this weekend, and we ended up watching... um, I've been trying to get them to try Gremlins again. I tried it like four years ago, and they were way too young for it, and they're still freaked out by it, even though... It'd put, they'd be totally fine if they watched it now, but they're convinced mm-hmm. it's too scary. Um, so we watched The Witches, which sucks. Like, there, I'd go into why, but it, why bother? Like, it the new one on Amazon? No, no, we watched Google the old one. I wasn't going to bother oh. with the new one. Uh, no, the old one's got like big problems. Uh, the uh, Angelica Houston one from yeah. 1990 um it, it has a bunch of structural which, problems which, the uh uh like henson effects are really great the the puppetry and the special effects and the makeup and stuff is really really well done but like the entire second act takes place in one room in one scene and it's just like come on and the kids loved it so whatever um and then we watched the original adams family um which is kind of just my way to get that out of the way so they can watch Adam's family values, which is a much better movie as well. So, um, and then I, I finished off, uh, the comedy store, uh, the other night, watched the last episode of that. That was pretty interesting. Um, and then I did some extra credit, um, for our movie today. I watched Thunderball, um, the, the original version of never say never again. And then I watched, uh, you only live twice, which was the movie that came after Thunderball. So got a little bit of extra Connery, uh, Connery bond under my belt to give a little bit more of a, uh, you know, which movies are better than others sort of approach to it. Um, Alicia, how about you? Well, I didn't watch, uh, I was trying to remember if I watched a single movie this week. I don't think I did because of uh, news coverage and things like that. So I mostly just watched kind of the next episode of shows I've been watching, which also included The Comedy Store and Great British Baking Show and um, uh, also The Mandalorian with Nathan. Uh, I did, we did start watching The Great, finally. I know it's been talked Mm. about already on the show. We're a little late getting to it, but... Uh, we've watched, I guess, um, one and a half episodes, two episodes of uh, The Great. I like it so far, you know, trying not to think of it. You know, sometimes I have to take off the history teacher hat, of course. And yeah. in this, I kind of knew that would be the case. So yeah. I haven't really thought about that too too much. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, Zach and Brooke so, watched it. Yeah, give yeah. it time. I did not like it when I first started watching it. And by the okay. end, I loved it. Okay. Uh, I I think that it really amps up in a way that you enjoy, and the episodes get more and more fun as the ridiculousness gets more and more fun. Yeah. But absolutely, take off that history teacher hat oh, because yeah. nothing yeah, yeah. is accurate. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sometimes I have to make a side comment or something, but then I just got to let that shit go. But yeah. um, Sarah, but yeah. I just I just give her a random look like. Is this real? And she's like, eh. <laughs> it's, but it's fine. My it's question fine. is: it's, Does it's... Sarah Jessica Parker play the horse? Oh, what? <laughs> Somebody out there in podcast land is laughing at that joke. All right. Uh, well, we had a movie suggestion. Uh, we all watched it. It was never seen ever again. Um, I had steered clear of this movie uh, prior to this. Um, having heard that it was, uh, it was not the most well-received, uh, comeback to James Bond and had, uh, had, had not succeeded in even, uh, defeating 
its rival canon James Bond movie Octopussy at the uh, box office. So the silliest named of all the James Bond movies beat it. Um, but uh, had any of you guys seen Never Say Never Again before? I'd seen it. I had not seen okay. it. It was new. Nobody else. So, um, Nathan, tell us about Never <laughs> Say Never Again. <clears throat> okay. Well, so being married to uh, Alicia, uh, it was kind of required that I start to invest some time in James Bond. And so about a year ago, I did start to kind of do that. I kind of petered out right in the middle of Roger Moore's run because let's be honest, Roger Moore's run is really not very good. Um, but I'll, I will say it was the first time I had seen many of the Sean Connery movies. And I have to say, aside from, from Russia with love and, uh, uh, Goldfinger and maybe one of the others, I get them all a little mixed up a little bit, to be honest with you. I wasn't super impressed with Sean Connery's run. I thought it was a little bit slap happy, <laughs> silly and stuck in its time too bad. So I was really expecting the worst with this. I, actually enjoyed it i up to this point actually my, aside from goldfinger maybe i think my favorite bond movie was was believe it or not um the one hit wonder uh honor majesty's on her majesty's on her majesty's secret service primarily because like the second half of i mean it's got some wackadoodle hippie shit in the early half of it but the second half of it it's really gritty and it felt more like the like the Daniel Craig kind of moved forward. Like there was something about it that was a lot more like what I kind of expect out of a really good bond movie. Cause I've seen so many at this point. Um, so that's kind of how I felt this one was at least, or it was, it was attempting to be, there were some wackadoodle special effects in it for sure. <laughs> but I thought at least the script with the exception of a couple of really groaners was pretty tight and he was actually as good as I'd ever seen him be Bond, even though he was way out of his league age-wise, uh, which was more never more evident than in the scene where he's trying to go through the uh, spa and walks through, and there's a bunch of 20-somethings, and he is See, looking like Grandpa in a bad you place. You say that, but the canon Bond at that point, Roger Moore, is actually two yeah. years I, older than know, Sean not- Connery. Yeah, but he looked, he actually looked like an old man in this. So, uh, and in fact, they even teased at it's fact that he was kind of like on that edge of retirement in the, the script. And I did think it was better than Thunderball. I thought, even though Thunderball may have had some classic things in it, I thought some of this kind of made me enjoy this better. So I am shockingly, shockingly going to go, you know, actually, it wasn't the worst I've seen. In fact, it was way better in several of the Roger Moore ones I've seen. So if anyone wants to stick their nose up at it, I'm just going to go, you could have done worse. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's better than Thunderball as well. Um, I, I have a weird, um, like I've seen all of the, the bond movies, from Pierce Brosnan forward. And then I've seen now all of the Sean Connery's I would have said I'd seen all the Canon Sean Connery's up to this point, but now I've seen all seven of his portrayals of bond and I've seen honor majesty's secret service. And I've seen, um, live and let die the first Roger Moore, uh, bond. My, original way of going through the Sean Connery ones was I don't remember if it was when the 50th anniversary happened or if it was something before that, maybe when it came out on Blu-ray for the first time, but somebody uploaded all of the uh, featurettes, all the documentaries about each of the movies uh, to YouTube. And so I saw that those were on YouTube and that actually prompted me to go watch a Sean Connery movie and then watch the making of. And so I watched Dr. No, and then I watched the making of, and then I, you know, and then I, they've got, they've got great docs. I think they did a really good job when they released one of the sets of, of investing a lot of time and making some really good docs for them. Yeah. And to be honest with you, like I, I enjoyed those documentaries more than I enjoyed the movies, but I really, but having the context of like just finishing the movie and then going into seeing it, and it's like, uh, 
you know, the first four uh, Bond movies, like they doubled the uh, the budget every time. And so you get to see all of the extra stuff that goes into it. Like by the time they get to You Only Live Twice, it's like amazing. Like the number of extras and the special effects for, you know, the late 60s at that point. It's like, these are awesome. And, you know, Dr. No is like a tiny little movie that, you know, could have been lost and forgotten. And because it was successful and then... I think by the time Goldfinger came out, it was like just an international phenomenon. Um, so uh, I, so I had only seen him that one time going through for the documentaries, and I had misremembered that I had in my head that Thunderball was my favorite of the Sean Connery movies, <laughs> but I'm wrong. Um, it's it's you only live twice is my favorite of the Sean Connery movies. Uh, I think Never Say Never Again takes a lot of the elements that aren't aren't interesting or uh, are are boring about Thunderball and mixes them up and makes them more interesting. The section that that really I think was helped the most in Thunderball, they so they um. Spectre like hijacks a jet with the two nuclear bombs on it. And they hijack the jet with this guy that they supposedly have contracted to do this job for him. And the guy's gotten plastic surgery to do it. And they set up all this stuff with him. Um, He asks for more money at the last minute, thinking that he has the upper hand. They make him land the plane like in the ocean. And then it like sinks to the bottom and divers come from like this secret portal in the in the ocean and come and rescue it and they kill him by like tying him into his chair and cutting his his air vent mask okay so i've just explained what that scene is in about 30 seconds or a minute that scene is like 25 minutes long <laughs> and it is no more exciting than what i just described there is so much just watching people swim around and watching the guy go like this after he's been, you know, double crossed for trying to get a quarter of a million dollars instead of the agreed on a hundred thousand. And they take the little nukes and they go away. Um, I think it also hurts Thunderball that it's all in uh, Barbados or whatever. It's, it's all in one location, this one Island location Whereas Never Say Never Again, they kind of bounce around the world a little bit, which is something you can do with budget and also with um, the advancement of time, you know, that they've they've learned that James Bond is more fun if it's more of a globetrotting, moving around type of adventure. Um, so I think all of those stuff, all of those things help it. And so between the two, Never Say Never Again is is certainly better. I didn't have any problems with Sean Connery's age um, being out of whack or weird for um, what was going on in the movie. Um, It's still like hilariously uh, sexist and, and non PC, Um, you know, the, uh, the whole um, uh, blackmailing someone to sleep with you, or you'll tell your, their boss that, you almost killed them on a on a machine on the the flappy flap machine. Um, <laughs> uh, like that that's amazing. Um, well, that's that's more Thunderball that, than Never that, Say Never. Yeah, again, that, well, that's Thunderball. Yeah. And yeah. then in, in Never right. Say Never Again, you've got um, some of the stuff they do with Kim Basinger is like, whoa, really? Um, okay. Uh, so I, that that's all that's all interesting and 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 what it is. But uh yeah, I I was pleasantly surprised. I was thinking that this was going to be like that they were not going to be able to do some of the stuff that they normally were able to do because they weren't 
you know, officially licensed, but because they own Thunderball and they could call him James Bond and Spectre could be involved, which, you know, the Canon series had given up on Spectre a long time ago. Um, all of that stuff was interesting to see. And uh, you can't like necessarily put this movie in Thunderball's place and have it make sense. Like you can't watch those movies like, you know, chronologically except replace Thunderball with never say never again. It's, it would be really odd and weird. Um, <laughs> but it, it's cool to see them uh, take one of the less fondly remembered Connery bonds and, and get another shot at it. So I think, I think it was entertaining in, in that regard. Uh, Zach, what did you think? Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of on the same page with everyone else in terms of the fact that um, I had not really been exposed to many of the Connery films. Um, I'll say my introduction to Bond was actually through Goldeneye, the video game on N64. And I loved that so much that I started watching the Pierce Brosnan one, starting with uh, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. And then eventually got back around to Gold, uh, the Goldeneye um, film and then uh, forward through there and then Daniel Craig's. So I've seen everything with Pierce Brosnan, everything with Daniel Craig, but I've pretty much seen nothing from prior to that. And... Um, uh, yeah, this was like a nice, I don't know, just a, a different uh, bond, which was cool because I, I had not been, um, like I said, exposed to that that world of that. And I enjoyed it for, I did, I, at first I was like, wait a second, this is older um, James Bond. <laughs> like I had to go and look at like why it was from the 80, like 83 and like what had happened. I needed to do a little research while I was watching it, but it didn't really undercut it at all. I think that like I, I was cool with it, it and I wasn't upset. I was like watching an older version of him or anything like that, um, which I think is kind of funny too, because they pull that out with Daniel Craig in sort of like the, um, the world or is it the world is not, no, that's, um, that's, uh, what's the one Royale? Skyfall. Oh, Skyfall. no Skyfall when he he like comes back or he's like in retirement or whatever. Um, and uh, that's sort of like how Skyfall is or whatever. Um, but nonetheless, I think Daniel that's going to be a recurring theme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're always um, pulling him back. Right. Quite literally. Uh, I, um, I, I really enjoyed like the scenery and the sort of there's some campy moments, uh, especially like at the beginning with like the whole training exercise. I was sort of a little thrown off. I was like, oh, damn, he just got stabbed real quick. Um, but uh, it turns out it was the simulation, yeah. um, which I thought was fun. I, I kind of loved the technology and how dated it was because um, I've been watching the this, uh, I guess I hadn't really talked about it, but like the um, uh, video game documentary on Netflix. And so even sending, seeing like the centipede um, arcade cases in the casino, which I thought was a weird choice to have gambling and video this games. giant room full of centipede <laughs> boxes and like two other games, like Kim Basinger was playing something else. I don't remember what the, yeah. what the game was, but they, they yeah. had all of that so they could set up the crazy like harm inducing two player game that uh bond and 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 uh largo play largo mm -hmm. oh yes world domination world domination yes like yeah the pain 70 percent 80 percent oh you win yeah there was where those were some fun moments he's and, never gone um, that far and then before. like the <laughs> <laughs> See, all the, the, all the uh, reasons I think anybody would bitch about this movie are the same reasons I think someone would say they enjoy watching any of the old Bonds is because they're cornball as hell. Yeah, it's, they're yeah. delightfully <laughs> cheesy. Yeah. Um, there's definitely lots of different sequences that occurred that I thought were cheesy and fun. Uh, the whole thing with um, oh uh, Fatima... Um, his whole like Fatima, th you know, with the, 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 the ski thing where she like skis up the ramp and yells and then it's like, oh, but I we're about to go at it. And, yeah, um, they're, they're I liked having her as sort of like the hench woman because um, you're so familiar with like having the henchmen of like odd job and all these other lockjaw or whatever. Uh, and I like, I like really like, is that, I don't even know. I'm literally pulling out stuff yeah. from Jaws. I think you mean Jaws. Jaws. No, I like, no, I'm thinking about lockjaw guys. Uh, <laughs> the, the episode. Um, I'm thinking about Dick Tracy. What's, when does he get rabies? Exactly. 
I'm I'm literally just diving into my Goldeneye limited knowledge of characters from Bond films, which is a fantastic game, by the way. Yeah. That is that is one of the best video games of all time. Yeah. I think. Yeah, classic. Um, so yeah, overall, I, I definitely enjoyed it for what it was worth. And then knowing sort of the going through the IMDb facts and trivia and like getting a little bit more insight into it being like, aha, okay, I see this is what's going on here. Um, yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to finally have the ability. Someone's like, you should watch this. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch it. And I watched it. (laughs) Josh, how about you? All right, so uh, my history with James Bond. Um, a good friend of mine was watching these movies when she was like 12 or so. So in middle school, I started watching. Uh, and I think middle school is the perfect time to start watching James Bond movies because <laughs> there's enough crazy-ass gadgetry and stuff to it, and like hidden walls and like, uh, yeah, all sorts of sci-fi stuff that you're like, oh, this is very appealing to the child in me. And then there's naked women. Yeah, and the Lothario so angle is great. For I was going to say, there's boobs. Middle school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I was like, this is the best of both worlds. How have I not seen this till now? So I um, went through all the Bond movies uh they had come out up until uh until i had started watching so that was all the way through timothy dalton bond there yeah um and uh so never seen ever again i'd seen probably when i was 13 or something so this is the first time i've revisited it since then um and i had a lot of fun it brought back a lot of memories uh that long ass fight sequence in the um at the beginning, uh, I do not remember it going on that long, but uh, man, that was a lot of fun. Um, the training sequence, the, or no, the when uh, the in the spa in the resort where the uh, the big muscle dude I wrote that fought Indiana Jones. I wrote down this might <laughs> yeah. this was one of the best jokes I've seen in a Bond movie is where he's fighting that guy down the hallway. And the whole staff yes. is watching like a Just fight watching. on TV yes. and they're like cheering as they go <laughs> by and like they both kind of look over yeah, and then fun. go past. It's yeah, like, absolutely. It's like nearly yeah. Austin Powers for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it surprised me how Austin Powers was able to make fun of a, such a self-referential, um, you know, franchise anyway um but a couple of things um that was clearly sexual assault when he pretended to be a masseuse and uh (laughs) kim basinger was just like all right i guess i'm okay with that um she she has that charming smile at the end (laughs) when she finds out she's like Mm-mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can see that. All right, uh, okay. I, I'm surprised that she wasn't like when she saw the new masseuse. She wasn't like, "Can you just ask him to come back and finish?" <laughs> we were talking about something. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, the and uh, and then this took me totally out of the movie. How did? Uh, Nigel Small Fawcett know to call Bond in that other lady's hotel room. <laughs> right? Come right? on. That just totally broke uh, all well, my suspension of disbelief. Let's just talk about who he was. Uh, Rowan Atkinson. So good. That right yes. there kind of broke the the you know suspension of disbelief when you have Mr. Bean. <laughs> but Mr. This was Bean pre- is the contact. Rowan Atkinson. Yes, it was. Like, yes, it was. I still couldn't take him seriously though. He uh, might, was sure. I think he would have done Black Adder by then. Uh, though, so not in ninety. Three. He was. Uh, he was. This was eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah. He was doing other stuff uh, at the time, and he'd been. He'd been on like he had like a sketch show, I think, in the UK. But okay. um, and so like UK audiences would have probably been familiar with who he was, but he was not. You know, he was not Blackadder yet, and he was not Mister Bean yet. So yeah, he was not Johnny English yet. More important. Well, yeah. Yeah. Of yes. Um, Although I saw that they said somewhere that this that Johnny English sort of was an extension of Nigel in terms of like what they were implying, I guess, but not a direct connection. Yeah, this is an unofficial sequel. This is like, (laughs) yeah, my blue heaven is to good films. Oh, this is (laughs) great. Yes, the unofficial sequel to the non-canon production of a bomb. Yes, it's also also to all, all dogs go to heaven for some reason. But (laughs) (laughs) what? Um. The other thing, uh, I really like how contrived it was, his use of the explosive pin. 
that he had to drop a line about, I was going to put you in my memoirs. And then, so that made her say, I want you to write right now that I was the best lover you ever had. Uh, oh my god that's some genius level psychological uh chess playing on uh bonds i was gonna put you down as number one which i think is is a reference to the original thunderball which has like number it like the specter guys like there's number two and number 11 and Mm. which is what austin powers like spoofed with the whole who does number two work for scene right (laughs) Which, she was number and 12. If a, guy's, yes, if a guy will. offers you an autograph and he pulls out a pen with a giant freaking Union Jack all over it, <laughs> you know you're about to get it. <laughs> well, There's I, no way that pen was anything but a prop of yeah. some sort. I Honestly, I thought she was doing a pretty good job until that part. Like Her, her part was fairly solid, as solid as this campy movie could be, and I don't want to say too much, but... I think that that was her doing in as a character was, oh, yeah, write your memoir right now before I kill you. <laughs> and don't shoot me with all my flammable 80s outfit on. That, you those know, like garbage got, bag pants. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. She's going to go up in two seconds. My son watched that movie with me and we were laughing at her garbage, garbage bag pants. <laughs> what? What's funny, too, is that in the trivia, it says that she turned down the main role, Not, I don't think for Octopussy, but maybe for another Bond movie, because so, she wanted to work with Sean Connery so badly that she took a subsidiary role. Uh, and she also got nominated for a Golden Globe, I think, for it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but like that, that specific moment. Oh, well, and Kim ridiculous. Basinger had been approached Bad. to be in two of the Roger Moore Bonds, mm-hmm. and she didn't want the the bond girl curse or the bond girl uh thing on her resume she didn't want to be yeah like typecast as as whatever the bond girl type and then in 1983 she was like my career's not going the way i want it to put me in a put me in a bond movie so they put her in this one and then everything turned around for her yeah and, uh, yeah and she made nine um, and a half weeks eight years later <laughs> oh and, and uh and both her and the woman who played fatima both dated richard gear yeah oh, oh. interesting fact mm. yeah. yeah did you guys read about the alternate ending that connery and moore tried to pull off yeah i didn't know uh that uh, they were friends and uh at the very end, instead of like winking to the camera after uh, making out with Kim, uh, it was going to be Connery like walking down the street and bumping into Roger Moore. Uh, that would have been awesome. Moore turning around and being like, never say never again. And then <laughs> both of them wink, I guess. And maybe they start kissing. I forget how it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. But I liked it. That's my final thought on it. I liked it. Well, Alicia. Um Although uh, we've we, we've enjoyed this all around, it's tradition. We have to say, what the hell? Why did you make us watch Never Say wow. Never Again? And this may be the opportunity for the <laughs> only person to hate the movie is the person that suggested it. Well, <laughs> so, you know, I, as has maybe already been Spoiler. stated in some way, I, I'm a Bond fan from way back. I grew up with them. My dad loved them. We used to watch them together, although oftentimes that started out with the edited for TV versions that were like the ABC Saturday Night Movie. So I didn't see so much of the boobs, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I saw them when I went to the local video store. Sometimes they'd, you know, allude to that on the cover, or on the back, or whatever. And I was like, "What's going on?" But um, I, I, with all the problems and the campiness and the cheesiness of the Bond movies through the years, I've, I've, it, I've always had a soft place in my heart for them. I think for me, it meant adventure it meant exotic locations you know good food the best of everything getting to try lots of new things which i wasn't doing a whole lot of growing up so i think i kind of romanticized everything and have watched the movies so many times like it's it's i could almost talk along with them but um but the one i'd seen the least was never say never again and it'd been a long time since i'd seen it probably well a long time for me in a bond movie maybe 10 years something like that maybe maybe 15 years mm-hmm. since i'd seen it i don't think it was that long but uh yeah i mean i agree there they all have an element of camp and cheesiness and almost all of them until we get to a lot of the more modern ones have you know or the modern ones understand that about the history and they kind of do a little wink about they that, wink you know, about for it some but of those they, parts. they don't go overboard yeah. 
no, they're much grittier, which which is great, and I love the Daniel Craig ones. Um, but um, I think uh, for me, this one because I knew Thunderball so much better and Thunderball has a lot of issues with it. When I was younger, I liked Thunderball a lot more. Now I kind of feel like when I watch it, I kind of suffer through it, especially because those underwater fight scenes talk about something going on for 25 minutes. My God, it's like the slowest fight scene you've ever seen. You just, you could go get a snack and run to the grocery store and be back and they're still struggling. It had been long enough that I, I, I forgot like which movies had what, but I knew that the one yeah. that I really liked had the volcano at the end of it. Right. And so right. when that didn't show up, I was like, oh, now I've got to figure out which one that really is. And it was uh, right. It was You Only Live Twice, which I then ended up watching again. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a way better movie. Well, and it's so hard because, you know, there's some Bond movies that are th- I think are pretty solid for the most part all the way through with a few things. And, and obviously stuff with sexism and racism throughout, especially the old ones, you know, that make you wince some what now. But I mean, like there's some that are totally solid almost all the way through. Casino Royale, obviously. I personally have the Sean Connery's. I one I did not like at all growing up, but now is one of my favorites of all time, which is from Russia with Love. Well, I think is super Casino, solid. Which version of Casino Royale are you talking about? I'm talking about the canon one that's the newer the, one, you know, the when they got the Daniel rights back Craig to Daniel one? Craig. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, but uh, and actually that one I've probably seen even less, the 67 Casino Royale with Woody Allen and, and everybody. I think I've seen even less than probably Never Say Never Again. Well, and there's but, the TV version um, of it too. That's true. That's true. Um, but I think like from Russia with love is solid. I think Goldfinger has all, it was the first movie that had all those classic elements that become the cliche James Bond things. So I still enjoy that one a lot, but I used to like Thunderball a lot more and it's, it's really fallen out of stuff for me. There's a few great things. I love, love, love the Italian actress. Um, and I'm trying to remember her name. Who's in that. Yeah. And I think I remember thinking as a kid, like, uh, I don't like the ladies, but that woman is sexy. Like I, it was just she was, yeah. and you know, um, Volpe something. I think her name was. Oh, so she's great in Thunderball. I think she's probably the best part about the original Thunderball, actually. But, um, but then watching Never Say Never Again, and we haven't really talked about you know why we keep comparing it to Thunderball for people maybe who are listening oh, that don't really point. know. But essentially, that you know there was Ian Fleming wrote the novels. Um, he was friends with uh, Kevin McClory, someone he knew in the Bahamas, and they kind of co-wrote this story, or as Kevin McClory, I think, often told it, it was basically his idea for a lot of the main plot points of the story. It gets published. Um, he kind of gets cut out of a lot of that. Uh, he was kind of in on the movie development, but not really fully feeling like it was, you know, he was getting the rights and the money and the recognition. So. He sued, and he he won a big lawsuit, and that allowed him to make essentially a remake of the. Well, movie, it was really I'm weird. Paraphrasing that, they um, Thunderball was originally it, it started life as a screenplay. It wasn't a book, right? And right. so he had done a lot of work on it, and then Ian Fleming decided he was tired of movie stuff and he was going to do a book. And then when the book came out. The other writer was like, dude, you took all of my ideas for the screenplay and wrote a book about it. And so right. that's how that's how the rights thing ended up uh, getting into question and how because uh, they, they had to settle it in court before they could shoot Never Say Never Again. Um, mm-hmm. But that's that's how it happened. And so like. 90% of the plot of uh, the Thunderball movie is the plot of Never Say Never Again. Well, and I think, you know, with the movie Never Say Never Again, I think what's definitely more interesting than this movie is the backstory of the movie, how it came to be made, the fact that he gets uh, Talia um, Shire's husband as a co-producer and that they've got Irving Kirshner right off of doing Empire Strikes Back being the director. I mean, like all this, and you know, you go to IMDb and the trivia is like screens and screens long for this movie because of all the bizarre stuff and competing against the other Bond movie and the stuff about how it was made and how they got Sean Connery to do it when he had said, you know, never. And of course, that's where it gets the famous title, Never Say Never Again, supposedly from his wife saying that when he came back to the franchise. So yeah, I mean, it's 
it's it's it's in my opinion there's there's stuff i remember as a kid that i always like i always liked that damn video game the world domination i thought that was the coolest fucking thing when i was a kid growing up in the 80s that game that they play i remember kim basinger i don't really remember her nipples as as much but i do remember kim basinger (laughs) in the movie um it's kind of co-starring the nipples i think uh, i remember her those leotards that that dance sequence is like man that has got to be chafing the hell out of you Right, right. To not wear a bra while you're doing that. Um, well, uh, and even there, you know, there was some stuff I hadn't caught before. Like, I don't, for some reason, I'd never given it much thought that the Disco Volante from Thunderball is the Flying Saucer. It's just translated. I never really thought about Disco mm-hmm. Volante is Flying Saucer in Italian. You know, things like that that are kind of fun trivia. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's stuff in this movie that I, I it's, you could argue with me about all the camp and the other movies, and I get it, get it, get it. But when they're jumping off the castle with the horse and the bad special effects there. Yes. When he's got like the missiles that shoot up and then they come out in like a hover pack. And even though he's done, Thunderball had, you know, basically a rocket pack and all that. I'm just like, oh, I'm done. Like I just audibly groan. Yeah, those like, happened, uh, you know? those m- like moon landing missile command things that they're flying around in. Yeah. It's like the silliest thing. Like it's almost as silly as in the original thunderball when he has the like super fast underwater suit that like sprays the green thing out of the back of it it's like he has like some kind of fart propelled chair that he's like (laughs) flying around on right and that's the thing i mean we could make a list Uh, of all the super cheesy things in the other movies that still make me cringe but there's something about this one i don't know if it's because i saw it last or later or it was non-canon you know uh, whatever but it's it just much more cringeworthy for me but it's but it's got some highlights it's got some good stuff in it but i miss the tradition stuff i miss the good money penny and the cold open and the credit sequence and all those traditional things that i've come to love over the years of a bomb movie and expect you know because they couldn't do a lot of that same stuff or else they could have some of the characters but obviously not the same actors so much and things like that so yeah you know it's i have a tough time with it but uh, any Bond movie is a fun time for me. I actually think the opening is pretty solid for it not being the standard, you know, the standard cold open into a Bond theme. Like, mm-hmm. the way that they incorporate the opening scene and the theme together, I thought worked really well for it. Um, you mentioned... It's a theme song that bothers me, though, too, because as we've already established... That it's gets, a pretty bad theme oh, song. Oh, and it just cycles in my head all day, that Never Say Never Again, my well, God. Well, is, is, is Never Say Never Again the one where they they had, they had uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was the original theme for it? No, that was Thunderball okay. was supposed to. Originally, they thought they might even call it Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, because that's what the Japanese were calling James Bond, but... Uh, and you know they had they even recorded a couple versions of the song like Dion Warwick recorded right. Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and the stuff. Thunderball theme is fucking awful. Oh yeah, it's bad. Like it, well, Tom Tom Jones, Jones you know. is fine, but the lyrics are so bad. It's like oh yeah, he fights like Thunderball. Like, I what? know. <laughs> I think they were too afraid to go away from something that had the title in it back then probably. Yeah. And then they, you know, of course they get to Octopus what's and the, they're like, fuck what's it. What's the movie where it's like a spy spoof but they have Weird Al sing the theme song? Oh, Spy Hard? Yeah. What is that? I can't remember if it's Maybe. It, it's something the Weird Al sing? There's, yeah, there's spies Al like sing. us but that's not Weird Al. That's no, no there's a different one that's more Austin Powers-y but I, can't I think it's it Spy is. Hard um and is it but w- whatever the title of it is it's his theme song to it is you're watching spy hard this movie spy hard and now for <laughs> spy hard like that sort yeah. of thing you mentioned uh volpe in the original yeah. thunderball played by luciana pelusi yeah, uh, she's fantastic. And a uh, funny piece of trivia about her in that role is that she auditioned for the part of Domino uh-huh. and was really sad when she didn't get it. But she actually, uh, when she found out they were going to bring her in to play Volpe, she liked that better. She was like way more interested in being the villainess than the the Bond girl. So, Yeah, well, one of my favorite little 
scenes of kind of sexual tension fun is her in the bathtub, although she's face first, don't know why, but she's she's in that bathtub and she asks John Conroy, well, can you give me something to put on? And of course he hands her her slippers, which I think is great. So. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorites for that kind of a thing. Well, and Never Say Never Again, we have the famous, we have the great uh, scene where Connery and Kim Basinger are like taking a shower together. He's just sort of washing her and then he like goes and gets her gets her a towel. It's like uh-huh. but he's like holding it like this. <laughs> God. Well, let's talk about the tango scene. Yeah. God. I mean it kinda of reminded me of true lies a little bit, actually. I'm sure it was kind of that was based a little bit on it, but everyone's quiet to watch them yeah. do this perfectly choreographed tango in the middle of the floor. It was it surprised me. I didn't know that Kim Basinger could dance. Uh, you yeah. know? Or that she could do like those crazy uh like stretches and splits and the stuff that she was doing with the dance instructor that uh, Largo was like creepily watching. And then <laughs> yeah, like it, before you find out that they're together, it's like, Oh, he's watching this. He's like a creepy voyeur. And it's like, no, it's his girlfriend. Like, what's the point? Like just sit in there and watch her dance. Like, why are you making this weird, bro? <laughs> <laughs> You made me feel creepy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have I have a bunch of notes that I took during uh, Never Say Never Again of just things that I thought were funny or, or clever or whatever. Um, I talked about the uh, the hilarious fight shot where they passed the entire staff of the spa watching a fight. Um, snake toss equals car wreck. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> Bond is very easily startled in this movie. Um, he's startled when the guy gets stabbed. He's startled by Q's pen blowing the target up in front of him. He's startled when Fatima splashes on her water ski as she goes by. That, like, spooks him. And then he's, he's uh, freaked out when Felix throws that ball at him as his introduction when they get out of the airport. Yeah. Felix is there and we haven't met him yet, but he like just throws this ball and Bond <laughs> catches it and he's like, oh shit. And it's just like, eh, it's just a ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie has all the puns and all the innuendo. Um, one of my favorites being, um, you know, well, if you're going to go down, it's best to be relaxed. Um, <laughs> if this movie were canon, um, something that I, I decided on my own, if this movie ended up being in canon, then Pierce Brosnan would have been in a movie called Tomorrow Seldom Dies, because you can never say never again. Um, Bond uses a telescope in front of a still image projection. That was a, a bad special effect. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. like staring out over the ocean and there's like a boat and everything's just completely still. The waves aren't moving. The boat's not moving. And he's like mm-hmm. looking through the telescope at it. And then um, <laughs> there's a section of like the motorcycle chase scene, uh, which was a fun scene. But there's a part where like you can clearly see the front of the cars that are chasing him. And someone has just put black electrical tape over the badges of the auto manufacturers. <laughs> so there's like obviously a Volvo smashing into him, but like the actual Volvo logo is blacked out with black tape. It's like, oh, that's good. Oh, the bad guys didn't want to. They didn't have the quite the kind of uh, product placement that the later Bond movies had. <laughs> <laughs> Heineken. They were afraid Volvo was going to like sue them for making the bad guy's car a Volvo. Like, I guess. Okay. Um, I thought that was funny. I also wanted to go around and ask, um, what is everyone's favorite Bond movie and what is everyone's favorite Sean Connery Bond movie if they're not the same? Or and maybe let's say Sean Connery movie too. I'd just be curious what other oh, stuff you guys like I, from I Sean don't know. Connery. I, that might be a tough that question. That would take a lot but, longer to to come up well. with um but i can start it um my favorite uh james bond movie um surprisingly i agree with nathan it is on her majesty's secret service it's a great it, one it's so good um 
Mm-hmm. It's the only George Lazenby one, and um, it's it's well worth checking out. Um, I think the only reason that we didn't get more with him was that he was kind of a dick, and um, they were able to get Sean Connery back for Diamonds Are Forever. But apart from that, I think he does a great job, and I think that story is like one of the best stories they had. Certainly the, the gritty... Um, shattered fairy tale of an ending that that thing has. Um, and my favorite Sean Connery movie I've already, or Sean Connery bond I've already said is, uh, you only live twice. Hashtag Yolt. Not YOLO. <laughs> See, I, Yolt. I love you only live twice too. <laughs> I loved it. I think more as a kid. Sometimes I have more problems today with him becoming Japanese. <laughs> just, and this yeah, miraculous just, surgery that makes him become Japanese, but it's got a great score and it's got a lot of high points on it. Yeah. Just call it the comb-over bond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. I also wanted to throw in a, uh, a favorite line from this film uh, from Q yeah. when he says, now that you're on this, I hope we see some gratuitous sex and violence. Yeah, that was a great one. I did like, like that like too. Just like straight up like calling it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I always love the cues. They have such great uh, different um, uh, actors who play Q. Um, yeah. So that was great. But um, my favorite Bond film, um, I- I'm going to go with Skyfall, although I really love Spectre. A lot of people didn't necessarily care for it, but the opening sequence of Spectre to me was amazing. Um, one of my sequence. favorites, if not my favorite, definitely. But I think Skyfall ultimately takes the cake. Uh, and then, um, but this is the only really full on Connery one that I've seen. So I'm going to go with this one. I've seen him in some other ones, and it's like some clips and stuff, but this is the only full one that I've seen through. So, yeah. Well, if you have the time and, and the inclination to watch the original uh, Bond, the original Connery Bonds, with those documentaries, it's it's well worth it. It's a very entertaining uh, way to watch those movies and like l- learn how they pulled off the special effects that they did and what they did with the extra budget that they would get and yeah. all of that stuff. They're excellent. Cool. Um, I, one of my favorite lines from this also I'd like to point out before I tell mine, um, when the woman is asking for a urine sample and he asks uh, from here and he's across the room. <laughs> Oh, man. When I was a kid, that line made me laugh so hard, and it still makes me laugh today. Um, maybe maybe so, Connery's prostate wasn't up to it at that point. <laughs> exactly. Didn't have the pressure. <laughs> um, so when I was a kid, my favorite um, James Bond movie was The Man with the Golden Gun. Um I don't know why that one stood out to me so much, um, but it, I guess it had the most fantastical. Well, before you got to Moonraker and yeah. some wacky shit oh, like God. that. Um, but yeah, I really liked. Um, was Christopher Lee the bad guy in that one? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He he stood out to me as um, you know a really good uh, foil for Bond. Um, and more more nipple action in that one too, Josh. Oh, That's is there? I, you I, got. I, Doc, the man with the golden gun has three nipples. Three so nipples, <laughs> just yeah. one person. Yeah, you learned that in the first, the opening scene with him. Yeah. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen these since I was like twelve <laughs> or thirteen. Um, and then he, God bless him, wears a bathrobe the rest of the time. Yeah. Oh, wow. thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, what What's the Connery one with the the lady with a knife in her shoe, um, like in the that's airplane from Russia with love? Okay, that's, Russia with love. that's probably my favorite Connery one just um from those early days that that and goldfinger i like both of those quite a bit um yeah um i feel like goldfinger is what people think of when they think of james bond right like i mean and maybe not necessarily you know the generation like zach and i that are only like familiar with the pierce brosnan and daniel craig stuff so much but like, um, the like, so much of what's in Austin Powers is from Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, so many of the cliches that we think of when we think of Bond is from that movie. Yeah, uh, I could believe it. I'd have to go back and rewatch. But uh, obviously, like Casino Royale, the new one, um, 
the the born when they started born identity um yeah. the james bond movies that just became a lot of fun and something i could watch with my dad um and he and i really enjoy watching those together so um yeah, so I, a lot of different answers. One for each generation. Yeah, I talk smack yeah. about Casino Royale. <laughs> I yeah, that's like here. What's the what's the most exciting thing we can do with James Bond? Poker. <laughs> oh, okay. whack him in the nuts. <laughs> oh yeah, and then there's that. That's true. <laughs> yep. So your yours again, Josh was. Uh, so when I was a kid, the man with the golden gun, uh, but um, Sean Connery would be uh, either Goldfinger or from Russia with Love. I oh, yeah. I'd have to rewatch right. to figure out which one I like. Okay. Yeah. And Nathan, you said on Her Majesty's Secret Service, what's your favorite? Well, so that was that was based on the most recent rewatching up through midway through Roger Moore's stuff. But that doesn't include anything after that. So of the stuff after Roger Moore, uh, I actually love Casino Royale. But do you like it better um, than Honor Majesty's Secret Service? Because uh, we were asking for I've only seen, Bond. I think that's favorite. really unfair I'm, because I've only seen Honor Majesty's Secret Service once and I've seen Casino Royale several times and I love it. Um, so I think, Casino, I think the first one needs... I need to watch it a couple more times to see where it really falls. But... Um, my favorite Sean Connery one, though, is probably Goldfinger. But if I'm being honest, it's the one I've seen the most. And I'm, I'm actually kind of getting bored with it. So it's probably from Russia with Love at this point. And then you asked about my favorite Sean Connery movie. No, Alicia did. <laughs> oh, Alicia did. And, and we all and we all okay. passed on that. <laughs> Dragonheart. Because we all it's know it's Dragonheart. Cowards. Wait, well, first, oh, I mean, God. if I'm first being time. honest, it's Indiana That's Jones and the Last Highlander Crusade. Two. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> the, the movie that killed his acting career. Highlander. <laughs> no, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. No, he refused to act but after I, that. I, I don't know if that's so much that it killed his career. I think that was he thought that would be his last movie, and then it was just fucked. So he had already kind of decided. I think he was kind of done anyway. Yeah. Well, and he was also in, uh, uh, oh God, what is that movie called? Finding Forrester. Yeah, which is right. it's a little earlier, but yeah. which is just like meme central. Uh, you're, you're the man, the man now, now, dog. dog. Which might have been the first <laughs> internet meme of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a you're the man now dog dot com that still exists God. from 1990. Five or something, and it's just a picture of him going like this, and the sample just repeats over and over again. <laughs> You're the man now, dog. You're the man now, dog. So Alicia, what were your favorites? Well, uh, of all time favorite favorite bonds, it's probably gonna be a Casino Royale or a, on Her Majesty's Secret Service or or from Russia with Love, which was probably now my favorite um, Connery Bond. Um, I also, you know, t- I'm going to extend it to favorite Connery roles. I love the untouchables. I love him yeah. in the untouchables. I think he's fantastic in that. Um, and of course, yeah, Indiana Jones. Great. Of course it's Indiana Jones. Love the it. rock. Um, you know, he's, he's got a few other things. And I, <laughs> we talked about not long ago, the hunt for red October. Cause I rewatched that and I, I love Oh, He's good in that. Night, yeah. Even though he's a Scottish Russian sub commander but whatever so yeah what was that the highlander oh and i have a line also by the way i loved <laughs> there were lots of lines i loved all the lines everybody else brought up but i also like the one-liner of the um when they load the actual nuclear warhead into the missile and the computer says have a nice day at the end. <laughs> I, I thought that was in the in the highlander sean connery with his scottish accent it as a spaniard is playing an egyptian <laughs> named, oh, he's playing Egyptian. Named Ramirez. <laughs> oh, okay. Who they later yeah. retcon in Highlander 2's theatrical cut to be an alien. Hmm. Okay. I must have missed the theatrical cut of that. Of Highlander 2? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Highlander 2's dreadful. <laughs> they, they, they pulled all the alien subplot stuff out of that before it got to DVD. Um, 
so the renegade version which is what is the only version you can get now um they they sort of retcon that stuff out but they still have it to where um connor mcleod uh the uh christopher lambert's character and uh ramirez sean connery's character knew each other a long 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 time ago before the events of the first one which still makes no fucking sense because then Uh like christopher lambert is born in the highlands hence the title of both of the movies so Okay. If they met long time ago in ancient Egypt, it doesn't make any sense that he'd be the Highlander. Or that Christopher Lambert speaks with a French accent and is from Scotland, but Sean Connery, who's an Egyptian from Spain, speaks with a Scottish accent. The Highlander. You gotta love the Highlander. It's fine. This is why we can't have nice Highlanders. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I think it does speak to Sean Connery as an actor that all through his movie career, no one really gives a fuck about the Spanish accent, or I mean Spanish, Scottish, Scottish accent. accent. For the most part, they just roll with when it. They, when know? they kill him in Highlander 2, uh, they play Amazing Grace on the bagpipes while he's dying. Oh, Even okay. though, once again, he's not Scottish. In the Highlander movies. He's from Spain. He's from everywhere but Scotland. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. I, uh, you know, like I like to say, I, I like to avoid saying never to things because it means that I might end up having to do it. I end up having to eat my words. So I, I will seldom say never again. <laughs> um, thanks, everybody, for participating in our discussion of Never Say Never Again. Thanks for listening. We will see you on the next Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast.